and welcome to Wrestling and Everything Coast to Coast with your host, Russell Jackman, Buddy Satello, here with my lifelong friend and man I am so proud to have on the show finally, and that is the man known as the Bot Whisperer, yes, my pal, where? Where? Yeah, exactly. where? where? Peter Abramson, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I've I've done about almost 170 shows, and this is one of the most special shows for me to finally have you on. I've been saying to my brother, um, we need to get Peter on uh, the show one of these days. And and so uh, this week was the finale of the show BattleBots, and um, I thought this would be a perfect time to have uh, Pete on also because everybody is split the scene for Memorial Day weekend, so I couldn't find anybody else. No, it's all <laughs> uh, been it, home. Yes, Eating exactly. The dog and the cat. So, um, yeah. uh, Peter and I go back all the way to, I think I cool. knew you when I was about 14. I think I was 14. We, we met at Del Mar. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I met you when I was 14. You know, you uh, you had moved into the area. Was that the case? Or you were... You were uh... I had moved all about and finally come back to Tiburon and then was going to Del Mar. And that's where I met Greg. And then through Greg, met Owen and then you. Yes, and, and, and we just hit it off because you were such a huge Star Wars fan at the time, and Legos, and G.I. Joe. D&D. D&D, and, and all stop of that motion. stuff. Stop motion. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I wish I had those stop motion films still. They, they were, the, uh, one sad note was that, um, you know, my, my father died uh, two, two years ago, and um, I had a chance to go back home because I, Underneath the house, I had stashed my Atari, all my Dynamite magazines, my, uh, yeah, yeah, my Dynamite magazines, all my G.I. Joe stuff that we acquired, all my yeah. Micronauts stuff, oh, all my yes, Star Wars Micronauts. stuff. Yeah, all of that was under the house because I figured my dad hooked up with this really evil girlfriend who hated my guts and, 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 uh, there was a huge flood in 2014 and uh, 2016, and it flooded the entire basement. All that stuff was destroyed, so it's gone. Oh. It's gone. It's it's all all my Atari stuff is gone. Yeah, it, it broke my heart, you know. And there was a lot of stuff that you and I had, like a lot of the stop motion stuff that you and I worked right. on, and the films and all that stuff. They were all in there, and they all got got trash you know it was a total sewage leak so we only have our memories and and we have our times together but yeah no the micronauts that was a big thing you 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 and i loved oh i had tons of micronauts those are the best they were space pretty... glider with his backpack that flipped out and a croyer like i loved those those were Croyer awesome was the big guy the croyer was yeah the he, was the, he had the sort of the cool helmet with sort of the panels on there and he had a backpack that had two like spinning shields that went on there, and his feet and a little sword. had little rollers. Yes. in the bottom of his feet. So they were magnetic, sort of weren't they? On the ground, weren't they magnetic um, too? I don't know if his were. I I know that like Baron Karza and Prince. I don't remember what the Prince guy and why their Adama. joints all socketed with with magnet balls and they had the horse and the you can make them like into a centaur if you wanted to and yeah and you can take parts from cars and put them on the yes. uh, on the admiral and stuff on like the- that that was that that was great stuff and then from there you know we we used to take uh gi joes and blow them up i remember you oh, know yes. heavily uh, you, you look back on that and like the amount of explosives we used as kids and we how we were able terrorists. How we were able to access that much gunpowder is still a little bit surprising. I mean, we did used to go to Chinatown during Chinese New Year and always came back with a bunch of firecrackers. And you could go buy smokeless powder for reloading bullets, basically, if you wanted to. And that was like our how we were able to make stuff to so that we could do our stop motions with our G.I. Joes or... I remember we built 
a model plane and put it on a string and it went across my backyard in San Rafael and we filmed that as it zipped down and blew up. <laughs> yeah, we shot a bunch of bottle rockets at it and 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 yep. then of course we discovered the M80. You know, and that uh, our lives were never the same. I remember you blowing yeah. up a, 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 a glass uh, uh, Alhambra five gallon oh, jug. Oh, uh, right, uh, right. When they used to come as glass bottles, right? Yeah, it, with the M80. Yeah, and we were we were destructive, shall we say, children. Uh, I'm glad we're not as much anymore. Keep that. Put that into the robot arena. <laughs> Let's just yeah, exactly. There. Well, this is. I'm trying to, to to explain to the rest of the world how you know a, a show that features you know 200 pound robots destroying each other at you know 400 miles per hour. How that where where that came from and what kind of you know thoughts that you 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 would have going through your mind to even think that something like that would happen. In fact, you and I had had a saying where we used to say, "Remember when we went to Marriott's Great America and we were walking around just yep. going obnoxiousness, obnoxiousness. Yep, it's a way to piss, piss people off. Piss them off. Yep, and we were just we were we were so obnoxious and so annoying to everybody." that was anywhere within our paths. I, I never had a better time. That was that was a great time. We, we would go to malls and we would put slinkies on the escalator. We would, you know, and, and throw a bubble, like uh, a, a, a bubble stuff into the, the, the fountains. Oh, and, a word. And... There's a word that keeps coming into my head to describe us. And I think that word would be assholes. I think that's yeah. what we were. Yes, bored, <laughs> bored. And and uh, remember, teenagers. remember in Terra Linda when you used to live out there, and there was that house that we found, yes. abandoned. I know out it was the, the abandoned house that we just took into the tore apart the drywall with the croquet mallet. Yeah, I know because it was just covered in, it was covered in graffiti, and there were plants growing inside, and we just tore into that thing. Because it was like, and I found the jar of mayonnaise. I found the old jar of <laughs> oh rotten God, mayonnaise, <laughs> and we we painted the entire wall with rotten mayonnaise. And that, even now, that's like fifty years later. I can still remember that smell. That was just like one of the worst. That was that was some funny. It was some wild ass times, man. You think about how much that house is worth now. <laughs> yeah. Well, probably not that much. But at least the land. We weren't they, able to fuck up the land. The land. Yeah. Oh, no, they they probably knocked that thing down. Actually, we probably did the construction crew a service by helping them do demo. <laughs> Except the mayonnaise. That no, that didn't Except serve anybody any 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 good. So no. so anyway. Oh, that was horrible. So 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 from from so you went to Redwood High School along with me, and we were like you were a classmate of Gavin Newsom, you know, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, and 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 from there you went to ILM, right? That's did you? No, no, oh, no, USC. no. I went, went. I moved. I moved down to LA. I went one year to Santa Monica College, living with Owen, where you found out about the Forbidden Zone. Where you told us about the Forbidden Zone, which is now yeah. one of the biggest cult classic movies that's ever existed in all time. I mean, you don't know how many times so, I've seen that or told people about the Forbidden <laughs> Zone. I yeah, because my sculpture class, one of my classmates, and I didn't really realize it until after I'd taken the class, was Marie Elfman, who is the French girl in the show. Yeah, crazy. Right, she had told um, you about it, and then they, they, they filmed the, the Forbidden Zone at Santa Monica Junior College, I think. Part of it. No, they, they, maybe some of it, but most of it, I think, was done somewhere in Venice, but, or little, just some little teeny soundstage hidden somewhere in L.A. For like 4000 bucks. Yeah, it was like probably the, about the lowest that. budget movies you could ever have, and it still endears itself to, to so many. If you haven't... If folks that you're watching Phenomenal. have the Zone, you want to see it. Because it's the most offensive movie well, ever made. Just about. No, I think uh, there's other more offensive movies. But I know. This one tries to be as offensive as it can be to everybody yes. in the world. So, And, and if you want to see the, the Elfman family project, as it was. Because David Elfman is the one that did all the, the, the writing no. of it. I think. So Richard, Richard Elfman wrote and directed it. Danny okay. from Boingo Boingo was Satan. 
and this and all music, the music. Yes. He with what at that point in time when they made that film, they were the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo, and then and they were more of a crazy theater troupe than they were a band. And then eventually they became Oingo Boingo and put out uh, Only a Lad, and that was it. You know, right. And they became what they became. Do you ever think Danny Elfman would be the most performed, most uh, 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 played uh, producer of music in our lifetime? I mean, <laughs> never would have thought. I mean, Oingo was such a big deal to me back then. Like, it got me through college and everything. Like, it was such a part of my life. And when they broke up, it was devastating in 95. And, but and he was already making soundtracks. But man, who would have thought that he would be one of the most prolific soundtrack artists of all time? And if you add up how often the Simpsons theme has played, it's probably the most played song in history. If you uh, the most play, you know, other than like maybe Happy Birthday. I mean, I can't think Birthday, of right. where, where, what other song gets played like four times a night across the United States every night the last 30 years right you know what i mean so Cha-ching. yeah residuals Cha-ching. Yes, exactly. yeah. <laughs> so yeah you went to usc you went to film school at usc yeah, yeah. then and then i remember those i went to art school oh, okay to art school okay and then from I there didn't have the grades to get the film school so mm-hmm. i went to the art school and then worked on everybody's film project and it was way better choice it was the right thing to do because i learned so much more of what i wanted to do for special effects in the art school than I would have in the film school. So okay. it was the right choice, sure. And then from there, okay, what was your first project that you worked on? Um, there was, like, the very first thing was my art direction teacher at USC hired me to work with him on building some models for a video game that was so bad. It was a filmed game that had like flashing dots that were put over the top of the the stuff on the video. And you had a gun that you pointed and it registered the reflectiveness from the television on the box. So like it was a videotape that you just put in and it played and all you did was shoot it and you got scored points. So like there was no interactivity really whatsoever but we made a sub and a bunch of spaceships and weird things so it was that was like my very first industry-based job but the first film was mark satrakian called me up and said i need some help i'm the lead uh mechanic on the blob can you come in i'm working 100 hour weeks right now can you just come in on the weekends and I was going in on the weekends, doing everything I could to help him out in any way and learning as I went. My semester was ending. I come in and say, Mark, I just finished my semester. I'm free for the summer. He throws me into his, he has a Mustang Mach 1 that the passenger seat was removed so he had room for his keyboards to fit. And <laughs> so I'm sitting in the back seat with this giant leg room and he drives me out to a place called Dream Quest, which was the effects studio that was shooting all the blob effects. We get out there, he hands me a set of Allen keys and goes, you're the onset mechanic. I've got to go back to the shop. And he turns around and leaves and just threw me into the fire. Wow. And that was it. Wow. Which was actually perfect. It was the right, like, you know, I just had to step up and be, do whatever I could do and show that I can make a special effects. So that was it. Wow. Okay. And then, from from there, now you and I were there from the start of of BattleBots, which was Robot Wars. You know, it was the originally the, there was Robot Wars in 1994 was the first, and that went all the way to 98, and then it couldn't happen in 98. We had this giant like bunch of builders all got together in a big room and said, "What are we going to do? We can't have this thing." And then Greg and Trey are. Thinking about something off the That's side. Greg Munson and, and Trey Roski. Greg Munson Roski. and Trey Roski. Yep. They, we can call them Greg and Trey because we've known them our entire lives. Right. The rest of the world has no idea what we're talking about. So. so Mark Thorpe, who was the creator of Robot Wars, is going through bankruptcy court due to conflicts with 
mentoring and uh, profile records, um, which was this lawsuit that he was having over the creativity and ownership of Robot Wars and the reason why it couldn't continue. And so I came up and a bunch of other builders all went to, I think it was in Santa Rosa or Petaluma um, that we went to go see this bankruptcy hearing. And afterwards we went to Trey's house in Petaluma. And there we are sort of all sitting around drinking beer, giant uh, Weimariners, like I think he had five. <laughs> They're like laying across you and you. And Greg and Trey sort of look at me and go, hey, we're thinking about doing this thing. We're going to have our own event. We're going to call it BattleBots. What do you think? It's like, I'll build you a robot. I'm going to build a robot for that. Let's build a robot. And so everybody was there was like, we're going to completely support you. And then in 99, we had Long Beach, which is the very first Robot Wars. Or sorry, BattleBots. Very first BattleBots. Right. I was Long there. Beach I was there at that. I, I, I remember I was in the audience. I drove, I, I drove down so I could go see the Long Beach one, which I, I think may still be going on in some ways. Because I remember, <laughs> I, I remember that, that thing ran like, like, like eight or nine hours longer than it should have because of technical difficulties. Yeah, well, but, but it was still yeah, so much first, fun. First time. A lot of people don't even realize that a lot of the Robot Wars stuff started with you and Greg and Trey all like and Cetrakian, more than anybody and Mark Cetrakian, all putting like like saw blades and 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 drills on top of radio controlled cars in Greg's parents' uh, 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 cul-de-sac in Tiburon and just driving those around and just having them hit each other. That, that that's what I remember is the very first Robot Wars was just having you know remote controlled cars just running into each other. Run into it, yeah. Also, I remember uh, there was a point while I think I was still at USC and Mark was working, had now, was now working at Rick Baker's shop on Gremlins 2. And he and I were, I had a Tamiya Clodbuster and he had a Kyosho Bruiser or something. I don't remember what it was. And we were taking these trucks and we were modding them. Like I put a turd on there and Estes rockets on the back. He was adding a flamethrower. I had a plunger based bumper that when it made contact with a micro switch, it fired little squibs in the front and blew out an explosive charge off the front of the bumper. And we were gonna basically wear like umpire outfits, go out to the desert and fight these things. And like six months into while we were doing that, Mark Thorpe calls up Satrakian and says, hey, I'm going to do this thing called Robot Wars. And Mark builds the master. So like we were already proto doing Robot Wars and BattleBots before it ever started. We had, you know, more influenced by the Road Warrior and Mad Max, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, that that kind of was that same era. Was you know was was yeah. You know, Road Warrior came out early nineties. We all were like really amped about the idea of, of stuff blowing up on a bigger scale than 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 just GI Joes with the uh, uh, you know uh, those uh, CO two cartridges that we'd empty out and fill <laughs> with gunpowder and and push those down the street and watch those blow up. So yeah, it, it starts with that and then it works its way. Works its way forward. So, so, um, uh, uh, and you've been with BattleBots since the very beginning. You know that that yes. that's uh, you've seen it evolve in so, so many fashions. First of all, the first one was uh, was Comedy Central, the first big uh, after the pay per view. In, yeah, we we had a pay per view in Vegas, and then Comedy Central picked us up, and we did the first real show at Fort Mason. Right. And then, yes. then you guys did Treasure Island. Um, we did, well, we did Vegas again, and then we came back and did Treasure Island for three seasons, I think. So right. we did a total of five seasons on Comedy Central. Right. And I was, I was at the Vegas one as a, as a judge, and then I did the two, the two first Treasure seasons. Treasure Island. Yeah, at Treasure Island. So that's that's how I got involved in BattleBots, and I was with, uh, you know, the Sklar brothers and and and. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Bill Dwyer. 
Tracy Bingham. Oh, yes, then, that's right. Donna Tracy Diergo, was really Tracy nice. Bingham, Tracy was great. And uh, Carmen Electra. Yeah, Carmen Electra was, was like the big, I think, the gauntlet being thrown down of when you guys, you know, had to... Comedy Central had maybe made one too many requests to, to, to jokeify everything that was going on yeah. with uh, with Battle Pass. They just never took it seriously, obviously, because it was Comedy Central. But, you know, I, I felt like they never treated you guys like it was a sport. And that was... No. You know, it was a way for us to get on the air. And so that's why we had to do it. You know what I mean? Sure, I would have loved somebody else to have picked us up. But that was the right... I mean, think about it. We followed South Park. Like, we were right after South Park. What a great spot to be. So it worked out. In the end, I mean, yes... They made fun of us, and yeah, it was all a little too light and silly at times, but I think it was a really good starting point for the sport. Uh, the, the, the South Park spot was both a blessing and a curse, because it was great. I mean, you were following their number one show, but the, the bad part is I know there were some parents that wouldn't let their kids watch Battle <laughs> South because- Park. Yeah, they wouldn't watch, let them watch South Park, and you know, they, they having it follow South Park, and they didn't watch Comedy Central at all. My authority. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was something that that was, uh, you know, and then then the next thing was you guys were off for a little bit, and then you went back on to ABC, right? Yeah, we had a long break um, where we did like there was BattleBots IQ, so there was the college level stuff, and then we did a single piece that was still kind of a weird mix of IQ and, and other stuff. And that went to, um, that was supposed to be like ESPN and everything that never, I don't remember what really happened with that. And then we, you know, some years again, then we got picked up by ABC and that was a big deal that got us back into the limelight. And that's when I, you know, Greg had said, do you want to build a robot? We're going, we're coming back and we're going to be on ABC. And I did a budget of what it would take for me to build a new robot. And I said, hey, what's the stipend for this? And he told me, and I was like, oh, that doesn't fit. (laughs) My budget's here and the stipend's here. And what else can I do for you instead? Can I be a part of the show? And he was like, yeah, actually you could be the technical advisor because the people we're working with have never done robot combat. So they don't even know what's really going on. You could be the guy in the room who knows what's happening. So I was in the control room, like where they're doing the camera A. Okay, I want camera B, camera A, camera C. Okay, give me that other shot. You know, while they're calling all that, I'm in there right next to the guy who talks to Chris and Kenny. And I'm saying, hey, that white smoke, that's a lithium battery that's on fire. And then he'd whisper it. And then Kenny would go, look at the white smoke of the battery that's fire on fire. So I was kind of there to give technical advice on how the sh- how BattleBots is done or how robots, what's going on in the arena when things are happening. So they actually knew what they were talking about. Yeah, and the, the, well, a lot of people also don't know that you designed ro- some robots in the earlier stages of BattleBots. Right. I mean, I competed back in the er- back in the whole Comedy Central days. That's when I was competing, and that's when I kind of gave that up and said, "Let me go and do." you know, be a part of the production instead. By the way, Ronan, Ronan, I still think is one of the great robots. I I really love the design of Ronan. It just, it it didn't win a lot. It's beautiful. It didn't win a lot. It definitely didn't win a lot. (laughs) But it was beautiful. I got toys made. I still have one. I still have one in, you know, very, one of the few things that survived that I managed to take with me (laughs) that didn't get destroyed with the the huge flood is your autographed uh, Ronin robot that you gave me. So it's still a treasured piece of of memorabilia. My son loves BattleBots, by the way. He, we, we sit there and we watch every week and we, my brother and myself, my brother, Owen, who is a, a referee, uh, for the original BattleBot show, and 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 myself, we're all online, and we 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 try to bet who's going to win, and 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 if we all pick the same robot, then we say, is it going to be a squash match? 
Is it going to be a one to two minute knockout or is it going to be a two to three minute knockout or is it going to be a judge's decision, whether the judge's decision is going to be unanimous or split decision? So we we do that every week. And I will say the finale, I was terrible. I, I absolutely didn't pick anybody to win. I, I, I was off. I had picked on my bracket because we all, everybody in the control room basically does a bracket before we start the 32. And I had Minotaur going the whole way. I did too. I had, I had, I had Minotaur Jameson against Hydra. Really close. I had Jameson up to like at least the top eight, but I didn't have him winning. Yeah. No, I, 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 I had, uh, I, I thought Hydra was going to go far. I thought Riptide was going to go far. And, uh, and obviously, uh, I, I thought uh, 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 maybe we might see like Endgame or Ripperoni, you know, make it all the way to the, the finals. The fact that, that it was a huge, it's spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't, who hasn't seen it yet, you know. <laughs> you better get uh, out there and watch it because yeah, exactly. out there. Everybody I, feel, I feel we've, 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 we've uh, hit the statute of limitations on this, you know, yeah. if, it, if you haven't it's seen it by by Sunday, then it's it's on you guys for for not watching. The, yeah. And why weren't you watching when the show was on? Because it was it, it, it was a great season, and I I really love where BattleBots has come. I mean, to watch from where where it started and the Robot Wars stuff, and 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 even the radio controlled cars stuff, you know, to where it is now, it, it's an amazing thing to to sit back and say like. What if your friends invented basketball? Do you know what I mean? What if your friends invented football? You know, what if your friends invented anything that becomes a phenomenon, a, a national, international phenomenon? When I look at the, the fact that you've got Brazilians and you've got people from England, you've got people from Germany, you've got people from China, you've got people from New Zealand, you've got people from Australia. Yep. It's just absolutely blows my mind how big and how universal the, the the love of robot destruction really comes, which probably doesn't make robots feel very good, you know, knowing that we all find it, it fun to watch them. And eventually, when AI starts running the world and, and wants revenge against humans... For They're going to come after me. They, you guys are probably, like, to top of the list. <laughs> guys are probably right. right there on the top of the list. But... But uh, uh, hopefully they go off to Trump first. But after that, we're we're probably next on the on the list. But but um, uh, uh, so so uh, uh, tell me like your thoughts of this season's uh, uh, BattleBots and what 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 you enjoyed and what what things you thought were maybe a little bit tough to to watch. I do like the new so, raised up like level that you have the the upper level that the upper you deck? yeah the deck that you added. I thought that was deck. great. Um, Trey, Trey created that. There's, there's been lots of con. That's, that is a controversial topic for sure. People hate it. Some people love it. Like it, people hate the fact that it's reduced the playing field. You know, the ability to drive by however many squares that that takes up. But I think it's a. It isn't exactly the shape I would have envisioned, but I'm glad that there's something else in the arena, and it isn't just always a flat floor but um this season things that i am completely fell in love and still in love with ripperoni ripperoni just blew my mind i was i've had long conversations with them about the design of the bot what it took to make the bot and it i anna the the team captain she should have my job. She is so much better on camera and is a much far more intelligent than I could ever be. She <laughs> reminds me like, of a lot of young Lisa. I, she reminds me of, of when when Lisa was younger and had, you know, because right. remember when we first met Lisa, she was like 12, 13 yeah, years she old. Was, she was a kid. She was a little kid. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, she was she's, even younger than that when I met her. I think she was like 10 when I met her at Robot Wars. So yeah, she's... She literally has spent a lifetime in BattleBots. Yes. 
Do you ever think that robots. we would ever yeah. be alive? Us, we'd be alive long enough to actually have somebody do something for a lifetime beneath us. You know that 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 yeah, that's, that's kind of hard to kind of hard to believe, especially the, the the teenage lives that we led. That we'd even make it this far into our exactly 50s. that we even have ten fingers is, is yes. amazing. <laughs> yes, and both eyes and two eyes. And, yeah, we never ten shot fingers. our eyes out or anything like that. Absolutely. Nope. Absolutely. Um, uh, 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 you know, and that, that's another thing that uh, even though this is a pro wrestling show, I find there's a lot of similarities between pro wrestling and battle bots. I, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot of the showmanship that's there. Uh, 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 Madison from uh, 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 Mad Catter, you know, and his interviews. Mason, yeah. Uh, Mason, Mason, yes. Ma Mason's uh, interviews. He is like borrowed. I want to tell you, son. Yeah. He's borrowed right out of like the WWE. He's like actually oh, even no. from the older WWF stuff. You know, he 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 gives the classic interview. In fact, yeah, I love that. I absolutely. Randy the Macho Man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And you were a fan of wrestling too back in the day. You know, back in the early. You had your muscle flexion. Yeah, but those weren't really wrestling. The little muscle guys. I love the one with the six arms. Those are my favorite ones. But uh, <laughs> like um, the Road Warriors, those two guys were my favorite. The tag team guy. They were two sort of, you know, I think they had their heads shaved, and maybe they had mohawks, and they the would about like the music would start playing, and they would just run down the ramp, dive into onto the. Um, deck and just start wrestling like there was no pomp and circumstance and walk down the thing no they were in it and they were in the ring and they were fighting <laughs> like immediately hawk had had the um mohawk going straight down the middle and animal had a reverse mohawk so the two of them right. would match up and have one head of hair between the two of them but yeah it, the idea of the squash match and where you just had somebody just come in there just level somebody and just beat the hell out of them. I really feel like that's the sort of thing that BattleBots brings, you know? And that's why I love BattleBots so much is that there's no real apologizing for beating somebody up. You know, if you... No, I mean, when you... You, you should never build a robot and go to BattleBots if you care so much about your robot you don't want it to get hurt. You should always be ready to walk out of the arena with a bucket and your robot in it in many parts. Like that is sort of this sort of weird Buddhist acceptance of that you could be completely destroyed. One small asterisk. That's one small asterisk. And that is anything Mark Satrakian puts in the in in the ring. We don't want to tear that apart. We don't want no, we, the, nice. those are works of art we all want to sit back and admire. Fact, exactly. I was going to yeah. bring up a Mark Satrakian story. Do you remember the uh, Do you remember the pink submarine? The pink submarine. Yes, you, uh, from from Voyage of the Out of the Sea. The, the uh, Mark Satrakian oh. is one of the great, you know, special effects geniuses of our time. He's un, He's he, first of all, he's unheralded because the guy will not take any publicity. He's just the most modest guy in the entire universe and and probably the smartest guy you'll ever meet anywhere, but he will never say that he's yeah. the smartest guy ever anywhere. Nope. He never puts on any air, but the guy, he re remember that one time he made a bat out of tissue paper and pipe cleaners that I thought was a real goddamn bat. And then he did another time where he made a fake finger of himself and in ceramics class and then punctured it and made the uh, our drunk teacher think that he had to go to the hospital and it was bleeding all over the place. It was incredible special effects. But one time, the, the big secret about Mark is that he's colorblind, right? That's what the-, the he, Mostly, yeah. And, and people don't understand- He's got a hard time with green red, yeah. Yeah, and so, and so he, and I guess if it's a really sharp color, they all kind of blend into the same thing to him. They it all. No, it's when it's when it's really muted. So like like a pink or a tan or a mauve, like those all turn into a gray. If it's like red light red, it's it's seeable. If it's right. green light green, you know, pure primaries he can totally see. But when it 
gets sort of muted and you blend and that, like that was that fuchsia. was that was the whole thing is that he brought this submarine to school and it was pink and we were like that's an i said to him oh that's the the submarine from operation petticoat i said that's great and he's like no it's from voyage to the bottom of the sea and he's like what are you telling me it's pink and i was like i said it's a pink sub and he's like i ran out of battleship gray and i had two bottles of paint and i didn't know which they were unlabeled so i just used the one that i thought was gray because as you said it muted it out right. so it all looked gray to him so he paints the submarine and 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 it's this bright pink sub and it just <laughs> was hilarious it was you know and, and it's just amazing that you know mark is able to like be so successful with a significant disability like that in that sense that you know it's it, he, he, no one would ever know that he he couldn't see those different colors. He's done well. Mostly everything he does now is black and 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 and, and you know yeah uh, uh, yeah you know gray or whatever. So he doesn't probably have to do anything that's in pink these days. But uh, he, he reads uh, you know, the probably, labels better now. So yeah, I, you probably or someone he pays someone to do that for him now or something like that. But I always thought that was like a funny little story. But he was he is just an incredible genius. To, and then I know that you worked with him on Hellboy too, right? I worked with him on Men in Black Two, um, on Hellboy One, and a little bit on Hellboy Two. And we did some, we did a bunch of like television stuff together uh, with robots. Like we did the Drew Carey show, needed some robots that we built for it, and. Um, what else did we do? I think that was it. We did two different Drew Carey shows, but yeah, we've done a bunch of stuff together. Because sure. I, I remember they, they were showing on TNT, they were showing the, the DVD version of um, uh, Hellboy and uh, Hellboy 2. And I don't know if you've seen it, but you're all over it. You and Mark Satrakian in the like director's cut where they like show the, the makings of stuff. You and Mark are all over it. And I was like, I was, you know, I just had it on the TV and I turned my head. I'm like, oh my God, there's Pete. There's Mark. Wow. <laughs> you know, because this was before you guys had been doing all the, 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 the heavy BattleBot stuff. And then yeah, there was also the, uh, the Robot Fighting League, right? That you guys did? Yeah, Mark did. Um, I did very little on that. I was too busy working my day job. And, uh, Mark did that on his, basically on his own. He's the lead concept as well as sort of engineer on that. And he's, they came to him and said, we want to make a television show with walking, fighting robots. And so he produced, he, you know, he basically made everything that it takes to make, without making like Boston Dynamics style walking robots, he instead said, if you want to do a television show, we need it to be dynamic and be able to be repeatable and let's well i'm just gonna put poles in their back and that way they can walk and, and they won't you know walk out and fall down i won't have to write three years worth of code to be able to get a robot to balance you know? <laughs> instead i'll just do this and it will drag this bar behind it and it'll be like a tripod it's a little bit too bad that the robot fighting league didn't succeed i can understand why it didn't it was just a little bit too overly staged you know to be a success but i do you think it's something that might get revisited somewhere in the future um maybe you know i mean when we start to get more people building larger bipedal robots which is going to happen i mean boston dynamics has sort of opened the door for that uh i've and, seen the dog i've easier, seen the, the, the i've seen their dog i've seen the robotic dog that they have Boston Dynamics. Well, you should you should see their. I mean, you've probably seen their bipedal walker too. Do all its little stunts and run around. It's pretty amazing. It started as being called Atlas. I don't remember what it's called now, but uh, it's phenomenal. Like it dances, it jogs, it jumps, it tumbles. It it is so good. It, it's amazing. Um, but eventually that technology is going to get down to more people and somebody's going to go from, you know, you can go buy a servo based robot. that's maybe yay tall 
and go there's this thing called robo one which you know they're japanese robot wrestling basically they're little servo based little robot guys that walk and then push each other over um that will eventually expand to much larger robots eventually not sure when but at some point we might see something like robot combat league but without tethers and without stabilizing bars but actually walking out there on their own and and that would be the best and well do you think that that's going to be where BattleBots is headed you know as far as the um i don't know i mean we'd have to make a lot of changes mark is pushing very hard to get more walkers people building walkers and he's built one he built a 70 pound sort of prototype of what would be expanded on and as a test platform so that he can sort of learn all the programming and what he needs to do. Uh, there's a video of myself and Mark talking about it. Also, Team Scorpios did a really nice video of Mark in it because Mark brought it to the latest BattleBots to sort of inspire and influence other builders to want to then get into a walking version of BattleBots. And it's going to take a while, but eventually that's hopefully going to come about. It's just so much more complex, so many more motors, so many more speed controllers, so much more money. To, to, a couple of things I wanted to, to ask you about. Why are drones so useless? Uh, because the amount of, like, to lift something and make something fly... You need to make it so light, like you know, it, it's it it just doesn't have the mass and it doesn't have anything it can do. I mean, they can spit fire, but fire on the rarely is fire an actual destructive weapon because it's most of this stuff is sealed well enough that it's just a big wash. And there's you know, you're talking about quarter inch thick AR steel armor, like it, it's not getting through that. So a little jet of flame being splashed down from above is all it does is sort of gets the other driver maybe a little freaked out. Like I can't see my robot inside the fireball, but it doesn't really do any damage. And it's not like you could land one of those on another robot and then drill in or something like it. No way. <laughs> That's all magic thoughts. Sure. You sure. Seen, it's hard enough to get two robots to make contact with each other perfectly like you know to to hit the same spot twice is really tough out there i so mean i can't imagine and then the other thing that i'm disappointed in to me personally is the kill saws i just think they were not much of a feature i they 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 either miss a lot of times or they just don't come up when 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 robots drive over the the slats now are they automatically done or are they done by people pressing buttons they are at the two-minute mark into a match. It's in the in the round of 32 is when they start coming up. Um, at the two-minute mark, they will start coming up, and they come up randomly. Because what used to happen back in the Comedy Central days is Pete Lampert, who used to run all of the weapons, right, I remember. was way more destructive. And he changed matches because... He would bring up a saw or bring down a hammer and it would change whatever direction the match was going in because he just wrecked. The, the arena weapons then were so much more destructive than the robots were. And he would wreck a robot. And that kind of was unfair because it was like you're fighting three things. There was the two robots and then the arena. So like, and the arena always won. It's like going to Vegas and gambling. Yeah. Um, the house always wins so it it got to a point it was like this is unfair and we actually want to see two robots fight each other not two robots fighting and then the arena changed the fight so that's well i think that's there one of the to, huge differences between you and the british robot wars you know the, the the british robot wars the arena is so powerful they have those house bots yeah which suck they have the house bots that weigh twice the size and they just come in and scoop up a bot and change. Yeah, I'm You have that pit in the middle. If you, fall in the, if you fall in the pit in the middle, it's over immediately. 
you know? And I, I, I right. hate that. I think that, that what Battlebots... Tornado didn't cheat. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, I, what I really like about Battlebots is you really get the idea of what's better, you know? Uh, what's the better design? You know, it's, it's, it's isn't a yeah. fluke that, you know, that you fall, you know, because I've seen in, in Robot Wars, uh, one robot dominate the other completely, and then, because of bad driving, fall into the pit or the one of the house spots. And then it's over, yeah. And then it's over. You're like, well, that didn't really answer the question. You want to, we want to know, what the viewing audience wants to know, is a hammer better than a saw? Is a drill yeah. better than a, 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 a spinner? You know, for, Wedge. Right. Yeah, wedge. Yeah. You know, we all want to know those fundamental questions. Does does a flipper, you know, beat the 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 one with a you know a a a saw? And and the innovate. I, I was going to say you probably really love how much innovation you see every show and how many new different bots you see entering into the arena. You know, with just very different designs. Some of them are horrible. I mean, I got to just be really honest with you. I mean, I'm not trying to, to make any enemies, but some of the designs, like Horizon, I hate it. I just I just <laughs> took one look at it, and I said, that thing is not going to succeed, you know, after, like, and I didn't like Star Child either, because I thought that one, it was taking the huge concept, but making a saw, a, a hammer saw, that you have to be so accurate on to hit the other side, with the way huge runs, I was like, that's just not going to, it's going to be so hard to get a critical hit on, on a robot. But huge itself did tremendous this year. I was really amazed. Yes. I, I've liked huge. Huge went all the way. Back. Yeah. No, well, almost all the way. I mean, you know. Right. The, the well, it made it to the top, at least to, to fight the champion. Yeah. But, but a great way, to, you know, to be second. As a bot designer, you must really love Sawblaze, though. I mean, that's that's kind of the culmination of of a lot. I'm of... super happy with Jameson's evolution over the years. I've watched Sawblaze from being just sort of a dustpan with a a very simple like Makita on the end, <laughs> till what it is now is a devastating object that he can control and put somewhere and. You know, it's it's really. I'm so happy for Jameson to have won this year. It was a really great thing to see Sawblaze make it to the top. He just needs to talk to uh, the, the uh, 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 Mason about uh, doing uh, post match interviews. Mason's got to give him a little coaching on on. on nah, man. He's so like, he's so modest. Like, he's so. I know, and that's it's fine. I, I'm I love the fact that we get to see each builder's sort of personality. You know, some are egotistical, some are not. Some are big characters, some are not. Some are just really smart people. And like, and that's it's okay. I enjoy the fact that we're making rock stars out of robot builders. That part makes me ecstatic. Well, it's it is great, and it's it's a great equalizer. I mean, you can have guys like the guy that runs Big Dill, who only has one working arm, you know, compete on the Emmanuel. same level as, as totally. everybody else. You know, um, that's that's really admirable. And then you can have, you know, the Ripperoni, the, the girl from Ripperoni, who's, you know, not old enough to drive yet or barely old enough to drive. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. Okay. But the, you get my 21. point. Okay, she's 21. Yeah. But okay, then she's barely capable of getting getting a drink without getting carded. Let's put it that way. And still she's able to compete on the same level as, you know, Don Hudson and 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 people have been there from from the very beginning and 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 Ray Billings and and all that stuff. In fact, Ray Billings right. has joined my Facebook group, so uh, friends of mine, so I'll I'll definitely post this on his uh on his wall when we when we're done done with that it was sad to see him out for for this year but he still made his presence felt with uh being there yeah. for for malice and for malice and 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 bunny and that was you know um uh so what what do you feel was like the biggest surprise for you in BattleBots this year what was the what was the biggest shocker for you um let's see Didn't mean to stump you there. I think, I I think, 
tantrum and blip not going as far as I expected. That's that so funny. That is exactly talk. what but, I was going to say. But, but they're, you know, like Donald Hudson. Like, doesn't you can't be the top champion every goddamn year. I mean, sure, you can go ahead and be Lewis Hamilton in F1, but even he finally got knocked off the podium. You know, so, like, it happens. Black Jack got knocked out. Black Dragon got knocked out after its yeah. incredible streak. Rip, Riptide just tore through everybody. Like Riptide was a is a destructive, dangerous robot. Do you think the loss of their driver due to COVID was a major reason why they lost, or do you just think that they're they they just ran up against you know uh, someone they, they couldn't beat? They ran up. I I think it. You know the thing I love about robot combat. And I mean, I, I sort of said it years ago back in the old Robot Wars forum, which was originally, I said, rock, paper, scissors, which was spinner, flipper, wedge. Um, and you just have to find who can fight who, right? And one of the things that they weren't paying attention to was they went through all of those fights with that same egg beater. Well, guess what? It had... It had showed its fatigue life. So it hit Copperhead, which is the smallest bot we have, yet it still weighs 250 pounds. It's a right? compact, it's the... tough robot. So they broke their spinner on something that was harder than them. So that, it, it could have happened. If Ethan could have been driving, the same thing could have happened. I don't think you, I would not, Felix, who drove for Ethan, did a, phenomenal job he was a great driver and should not there should be no taking down from his skill um ethan just having covid was some shitty ass luck for for riptide and but they just met the robot that was better attuned to defeating riptide that you know everybody's got a weakness i mean you saw copperhead destroy and like yes. nobody saw that. that was I was I was amazed. Right? Like nobody's I was amazed. expected that. So that you know, if that can happen, the same thing can happen to Riptide. It can happen to anyone. Every bot will have a weakness. Somebody will find your weakness. Are we done with the full body spinner? I don't think so. I think we'll still see a gigabyte. We'll still see um, whether or not Brian comes back with captain shredderator or not um there's some other new well there are builders that have been building in smaller scales working at going to a place called nhrl which is norwalk i've watched that to, i've watched that norwalk too Comics. with my son um they're thinking about building a couple of teams are thinking about building big and they're going to bring some of the design concepts they've done at norwalk for a full body spinner um to BattleBots. And I think they're fully capable. I don't think it's done, but it's a tough one. You just have to choose how you're going to do it. Like, it's not a, you can't just go out there and expect, well, they have to come hit me because I'm a giant weapon with no armor because I am the weapon, right? But somebody will find a way around it. Like, Ray used to beat everybody up, but then people figured out, how do I destroy Tombstone? Or basically, how do I stop Tombstone from spinning? was the key. So I think it's still viable. It's still a viable design. It just may need some iterations done to it. What I, what I always tell my son is it's, it's nice if the robot looks cool, but what it really comes down to is can it take a punch? You know? Yes. You've got to build a robot that can... Everyone thinks about the offense of their robot and, you know, the coolest weapon that you can get. But maybe the best thing you can do for your robot when you're designing it is design it so it can take a punch. And, that you know, the more and durable ones are the ones that last. The championship is a perfect example of that. So Jameson welded on that whole weird front piece was is an older damaged version of his normal wedge inverted and raised. And the whole reason for that was he wanted it to absorbed the impacts he knew he was going to take hits from from huge let that just bend and tweak 
slow down Huge's weapon so he can get the one shot. And he did. He got that one hit, took out the the weapon belts for one of the drives, because Huge's weapon is driven by two motors, basically halved the power to Huge's weapon. And that was it. That was that was how Sawblaze was going to win now, because Huge could no longer hit with that ferocity that it's been doing up to that point. I think yeah. beautiful use of, hey, let's make a piece of armor that is going to crumple and be destroyed. But in the process, we're going to stop them from spinning. And then I get to bring my weapon in and make an attack. That was that was genius on on Jameson's part. Let's, well, well thought out, well planned. It's this constant physical chess game that goes on with BattleBots. Yes. Yeah. The thing that I love about BattleBots is just thinking, of, especially if you go back to the really old, like early Comedy Central days of watching BattleBots. You just see it online and you see what it's evolved into. And yeah, there's still, you know, some things like Lockjaw that, that haven't changed radically that much, although now he has the the spinner on the front of it. But, right. you know, there's some designs that have kind of lasted throughout, you know, Biohazard is basically Hydra, you know, moved into the, the, the modern era, you know, but the, those designs are still there. I, I, with you, I was really surprised about Blip also. I thought Blip was going to make a, 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 a nice transition to this year. And same with Tantrum. Once you're the man, people start looking at, or lady, you know, so to speak, um, or even like Witch Doctor, once you get established and people know what yeah. kind of a bot people are gunning for you. Yeah, and they yeah. design stuff to to purposely knock you out and to take advantage yeah. take advantage of whatever weaknesses you have. And in that sense, BattleBots is always going to be evolving, you know, and and it'll that's, never well, be. That's, that's been always my favorite part. I mean, that's you know, you know me. Well, robot Darwinism was my tagline from all the way back in Robot Wars days. Um, adapt or be scrapped, right? So going back to BattleBots Comedy Central days, I remember we were in Treasure Island and there was this bot called Final Destiny, which was Pyramid and it had a giant helicopter blade and it had springs on its weapon, or not, oh sorry, on its armor shielding to hold it down towards the ground and so it would drive out and everybody just drove up their weapon into the giant spinning disc, right? And got destroyed. And I remember Donald watching that fight, going back to his pits and just working because he was going to fight them. And he goes and he welds basically a teeny spatula on the very end of Lockjaw, just right out of the very tip. And he drives out there. He comes out to them super slow, like he keeps waiting. And Final Destiny is just sort of like overconfident and cocky and just comes at him. And he gets his little teeny wedge underneath their armor and he lifts, which brings their armor up into their own spinning blade. And then it just sucked it all up in there. And the whole robot goes flying in the air and parts are everywhere. And Donald won because he adapted and made adjustments on the fly right before his fight. And it was... It was pure Donald being the amazing guy he is. And it was pure robot Darwinism. You saw things evolve in front of you. And I love that. That's like my favorite part of robot combat is watching somebody run back and make a change in the pits just to counter somebody else's robot. So now I know that the, the season's ended. So what do you do now that the season's over? What, what, what are you working on? So there's still... Um, there's going to, at some point, the Golden Bolt will come out at some, we shot all that. I'm not sure when they're going to air it. I love but, those. Uh, I'm, you know, I mean, we only shoot for two weeks. So I know. <laughs> time I'm working uh, for BattleBots. You know, the rest of the time is me on the phone, me making text messages, me making Facebook commentation. You know, I'm constantly doing all that part on the background, but, uh, I have my day job. I'm a basically, I'm an engineer who went to art school is what I kind of am the company I work for. So what projects are you working on now? What, what other, the thing that's pretty big, um, that we're working on at the moment, we're doing, we have some greenhouse 
automation and sensor stuff that we're working on. Uh, but the one of the bigger mechanical projects, and it's been ongoing for years, is the 10,000-year clock. My boss, Danny Hillis, he came up with this idea of making a clock that could run for 10,000 years without human intervention. Wow. And we are in the final stages of finishing off the timekeeping system, and then we'll be installing it in the mountain in Texas. I've got my cast. No, I've got my Casio that I bought in 1990. Casio G-Shock. This thing still works. So you might want to tell them to try to borrow from some, yeah. of, the, some of the Casio G-Shock design. If, you're, if anybody's interested, um, longnow.org. You can go there and see about the 10,000-year clock Excellent. and see what we've done. Excellent. I just want you to know, Pete, that just to my right, um, I'm not going to put my, uh, all I can see is your. <laughs> I, I know it's got the, the, the green screen logo, but to my right uh, on the wall is the villains and vigilantes um, uh, cover the the, uh, the villains and vigilantes that's signed by Jeff D that you gave me. So it's framed and it's on yeah. my wall. So I look at it all the time. I look at it every day. I have a little reminder of you every day. Well, that and was what, so important to us. Like, yes, Jeff D. <clears throat> was such an influential artist on us, whether it was through D&D &D or when he was doing Villains and Vigilantes, like his artwork for that, for role-playing just changed like everything I thought about for role-playing. Like so I was cool. so into everything he did. And to be able to get, knowing when your 50th is coming up and then to, I bought a copy, I contacted him, because I had done his Kickstarter. He had done a Kickstarter which had, like, he was going to reprint some of those pieces of art that he did for some of the modules and some of the stuff that's in some of the big books. And uh, I contacted him and said, hey, look, me and my friend grew up playing B&B forever. Loved your artwork. Can I get you to sign it? And he was like, totally, send it to me. So I sent him everything I could to send it and send it back and... He was totally cool about it. So I, I love the fact that, and knowing that you would completely appreciate it, it's like giving that kind of thing, I couldn't give it to anybody else. Like nobody else would get it. <laughs> it's one of my most treasured pieces of art that I have on my wall. So just, just that you know, every day I look at it and I have a little souvenir from you and a reminder of our friendship over the years. And you've been just such a good friend over the years, Peter. I'm, I'm so proud of what you've accomplished and the things that you've done and both you and Greg and, and the whole BattleBots community. It's it's a weird family. It's kind of like my wrestling family. They're, they're just, you know, you get together for like these intense events. You, 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 you know, you sleep and you breathe and you, you bleed together. And then, you know, you, yep. you, you, you go through the, the incredible highs and lows the immediate feeling that you feel like as soon as you're done is like, I never want to do this again as long as I live. And then like 24 hours later, you're like, when is it going to happen again? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> that's, that's wrestling in a nutshell. That's, that's battle bots in a nutshell. That's I really, nutshell, hope, totally. I, I hope that if you guys are doing another show in Vegas again this year, I know it's not set or anything like that, but I'm hoping I can come out to Vegas to see you guys do another live show. It was great coming in person a few years ago when I, I saw you guys in L.A. You know, that was great, Well, too. you should definitely contact Greg and Trey because there is a live show, a nightly, well, a couple nights a week live show with only five, six fights that happen. And they're, you know, it's a set. We only have a few robots that were specifically designed for this live show. It's kind of like going to medieval times in a way, but battle bots. I mean, the fights that happen are real. Like they fight each other. And if one breaks, that's what happens. Um, but it, it isn't like a tournament and Bill Dwyer does the, the color commentating for it. So that's you should awesome. just go to Vegas just to see that. But going back to artwork, I want to show you something that a fan gave me. Oops, wow. Sorry, puppy. This was while we were shooting um, season seven. 
And I was no longer, because I'm not on, I was on the broadcast portion of the show for five and six, and I'm no longer on the broadcast section. Now we're doing some YouTube stuff. But there was a fan in the audience, and he was holding up this. Ah, he had ah. made this. And I, I had to run out. It was like, oh, my God, dude, let me, I, I have to shake your hand. This is the greatest thing. I love this. They got some good camera footage of it. Um, and I was like, can I pay you for this? How much money can I give you? And he was like, no, no, I'm just going to give it to you. I'm like, no, 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 I want to give you money because you made this. I want. And he was like, no, I'm not going to accept any money from you. And so he gave me this amazing piece of artwork that he made that like just, it's got my William Shatner hands and it's got everything. It's, it's that's perfect, amazing. So. That's amazing. You've been characterized. That, that, that means you've made it. You've been made into a piece of artwork. That, 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 is, that is going full circle for you, man. That's really something. Well, can you believe it? Our hour is up. I can't believe that it, it was that quick. And I, there's so many other things that I wanted to talk to you about that we didn't get to. I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to have you uh, expound on poo skates. And, and, and I don't even remember what poo skates were, but we'll just, that's, a, for, that's for, another for conversation for another podcast. Days and, and all that other stuff. But, you know, we'll have you on again, especially uh, when you're ready to promote the next show. And, and uh, hopefully okay. I can see you in person. Hopefully I'll get a chance to come down to L.A. with my kids and, and all that stuff and, and, and get a chance to see you. If, if, if our fans want to get a hold of you through uh, social media, how can they get in touch with you? Um. I, I'm usually like any of the the Twitters and the Facebooks. I've got all the the at the Bot Whisperer, so that's that's usually all my stuff. It's the easiest way for anything BattleBots related. I just am the Bot Whisperer on all of those, and you, I've got a page on Facebook. I've got you know Twitter and Instagram, all of those. We Greg and I like. When we were like, hey, we're going to make this character. Pete, you're going to be the bot whisperer. It's like, okay, what are we going to do? And so we, Greg and I made the artwork together. And then we were like, crap, let's go on to social media and grab all of the handles that say the bot whisperer. Yeah, <laughs> good move, good move, good move. <laughs> Pete, it is really, really great to talk to you again. And uh, we, we, we spend too much time not talking to each other. We should find more time to, to, to hang out like this. I need to get up to the bay anyways and spend more time with people up there as I've been I've spent nearly enough time in the bay area in a while. Well, this uh, has to count. This has to count yes, for a little bit count. here. And uh really appreciate you should having con- on the show. You should contact Greg. You, Owen and like Cameron should figure out a way that you guys could all go to see the live show in Vegas. They'll, don't worry about like tickets. That won't be a problem for you guys. But you should go see the show, and it'd be great. Yeah, but I want I and, want then, you there. And if you're it's... gonna go, I will make sure I go. I and we'll, we'll Southwest we'll, and just go. We'll make plans. We'll make plans. Pete, okay. it's great to have you on the show. I'll send you the link. And uh, you know, good night, everybody. But really great to have you here. Thanks, Pete. Thanks. It was-